Mercedes-Benz, once again, in my view, demonstrating exactly how not to do customer care. There's a reason this hugely desirable brand is off my recommended list. And it's coming up next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. You can inquire at the website about that. Even Mercedes-Benz's. If you really want one, I promise that I will conduct myself in an entirely non-discriminatory fashion. However, this report concerns a dude named Chris Thurley who bought a Mercedes-Benz C200 from the local Townsville dealer and he paid roughly two and a half grand extra for the so-called command online package. And sadly, this no longer accepts Mr Thurley's commands because, well, basically, Microsoft. And no one can or will fix it. The documents about which this saga orbits in full and unredacted from Mercedes-Benz and Mr. Thurley are downloadable exclusively from my report on this at the blog. Just click this link up there somewhere and I urge you to read these in full for yourself to make your own determination as to whether I'm being fair and balanced on this or bit of a bastard. I think you'll find this report is not, in fact, a half-baked hatchet job. And there is a delightful Alice Wonderland rabbit hole type twist right at the end, which is, let's be kind on this, interesting indeed. If you're not from around here, of course, Townsville is kind of up there, a bit relative to me. Technically, part of the developed world, I mean, technically, it's a lazy 24-ish hour drive from here in the knee of Sid to Townsville and a hell of a lot of busted ass cattle scrub en route. So that's nice. Adding insult to injury, of course, when you get there, you're in Townsville, not France or the UK. Anyway, you're in Townsville, mate. Gateway to Cape York, far north Queensland. Or as we like to say, F and Q, mate. Play that funky banjo, white boy. Mr Thurley alleged to me, and I guess to the universe more broadly via Facebook, that the three-pronged suppository discontinued the command online features on March the 1st of this year. And then he spent what he claims was about... 50 phone calls over about three months requesting those features which he had paid for to be reactivated unsuccessfully. In a generally self-justifying and mostly unhelpful letter headlined, without prejudice save as to costs, Mercedes head office in Schittsville Explained. As you can appreciate, much of the software that is operating in your vehicle is ultimately supplied by external software providers and not Mercedes-Benz Australia Pacific Proprietary Limited. To which I would respectfully retort, the vehicle is not in fact a Microsoft-Mercedes collaboration. That's bullshit. Every part of it is a Mercedes-Benz. And this, of course, is why people buy them. Passing the buck in this way is, let's be kind, 
disingenuous. The iron ore for the friggin' body of that car might have come from Rio Tinto or something in the Pilbara. But if the car starts to rust, okay, this problem is going to be wholly a Mercedes-Benz issue. And I fail to see the difference if it's the iron ore or the software. They're all just components comprising the whole. In the case of the internet browsing functionality, the software certificates which are required for browsing to function securely in your vehicle are provided by Microsoft. The certificates that support and secure the free browsing function could not be updated as Microsoft no longer offers these certificates for your specific version of the command online system. I'd suggest that cars are supposed to last just spitballing it, like, what, 15 years? This is a two-year-old prestige German car, and it just doesn't seem very future-proof at this early stage, gestation-wise, I'd suggest. This functionality cost extra. Mr Thurley paid for it. Not being able to use it just two years in is, to me at least, completely unacceptable. Mr. Thurley says he specifically wanted command online integration in his car, but he says he no longer gets online radio, online help access, online apps, points of interest and nav updates, plus YouTube and Netflix or weather updates. Regardless, I guess, of whether you think this stuff is trivial or non-core to the business of driving, and I certainly lean that way if that's you, as a consumer, if you pay for, I don't know, Rubber Dog Shit Plus, okay, and the company promises to integrate Rubber Dog Shit Plus in your car, and then one day you wake up to discover that you've been downgraded like overnight without consultation to Rubber Dog Shit Minus, you would have every right to feel unfairly treated. Or maybe not. The situation is comparable to the discontinuance of an operating system such as Windows XP or Windows 8 due to lack of support by Microsoft, as you may have heard about from the press. Nice try, but nah. Windows XP launched on the 24th of August back in 2001, and the final service pack for that product was deployed on the 21st of April in 2008. But Microsoft offered extended support for that product until April the 8th of 2014. So that's a total XP operating system support envelope of 12 years and eight months for computers that cost, what, maybe a couple of grand? This, however, is a two-year-old premium German car that cost almost $80,000. So... I'd suggest there's fundamentally no universe where these software support situations are comparable from the consumer's point of view. Pretty bad analogy, really. We informed the dealer many times that the command online features were more important to us than the colour of the car, and if it didn't have it, we were not interested in making the purchase. At no time did they ever tell us that two years after buying the car, 
it would be casually removed. Mind you, in my C200, I had to pay an additional two and a half grand to have it added, so I was serious about it being important. That's Mr. Thurley's Facebook post there, in part, and I will make that together with Mercedes-Benz's full official response available to you just up there on the blog. And I urge you to download these documents to confirm that I am not selectively quoting the company just to make them look bad. This is about informing you. Anyway, in its response, Mercedes takes the position that this course of events is in fact not a fault or a defect. MB Orp, do not, <sighs> pro tip dudes, it's does not. Mercedes-Benz Australia Pacific does not. It's a singular thing, right? Companies are singular entities. The fat man do not like it when you violate the freaking language in this way. I mean, surely literacy do not cost any extra in a letter? MB Orp, do not consider that the allegations you have raised would amount to a defect, fault or failure of the vehicle which would give rise to liability under the consumer guarantees. And, predictably enough, doubling right down on this, even if the allegations were considered a fault or failure which MB Orp vehemently deny, <sighs> It's denies, dudes, like Mercedes-Benz denies using a proofreader. How friggin' hard is it? Even if the allegations were considered a fault or failure, which MB Op vehemently deny, it would at most be considered a minor failure, which we consider could be easily and quickly remedied by providing you with a substitute remote device to browse the vehicle, such as an iPad. That's not how you spell iPad, dudes. Little i, big P. It's written on every iPad, coincidentally. Is consciousness optional at freaking school these days? So, anyway. Let us get this straight. Big Bad Benz is calling Mr. Thurley's claims, quote, allegations, even though it's kinda admitting the features no longer work, and even providing a reason why they do not. Hashtag Microsoft. He did pay for it, right? And they told him it would work, and now it doesn't, and that's not a failure or a fault or a breach of consumer law, and I guess if it is, here's your friggin' misspelled iPad. Now, do go away, there's a good chap. I don't want to be treated like that when I buy a premium product, just saying. Mercedes-Benz goes on to explain that the feature is kind of worthless anyway. Your direct remedy against MBORP is generally limited to damages for the reduced value in the vehicle arising from the reduced internet functionality as outlined in section 272 of the legislation. In our opinion, the reduced value of the vehicle in light of the reduced internet functionality is minimal if anything at all. Off the bat, okay, I'd suggest that consumer law compliance is the absolute entry-level conduct that I would consider from a manufacturer of anything. But this is not just anything. 
This is a premium German luxury car. It cost 80 grand. It's wearing the badge. And yeah, I know, a C200 is just a cheap Mercedes-Benz in the context of the brand and its range generally. But hey, it's got the badge and I would really like to feel like I'm part of a club inclusive of when I've got a problem and it needs to be resolved. And I have to say, in Mr Thurley's shoes, I would not be feeling like that right now, okay? So I really struggle with this particular part of the whole concept, right? Because if you sell me something for two and a half grand, but then you go on to claim that its value by omission is in fact zero, is there not a word for that, treatment like that? And is that word not scam? Can you think of a better word? Because I certainly can't. Certainly the upfront price, this is as kind as I can be, that upfront price appears entirely to misrepresent the long-term value of this feature. I mean, what else do you call it when you get sold something intrinsically worthless that cost you two and a half grand? The reason I'm telling you Mr. Thurley's story is not Mercedes-Benz hatchet job. It's just not. It's like this. When you buy a car, this is a big spend, typically, for you. And it doesn't matter how much you're spending, right? If you're spending 20 grand or 120 grand, it's still a big spend for you. You consider that there is a great deal of money on the table when you are doing this deal. That's how cars are, generally. And you jump into bed, not only with the car, but also the manufacturer, right? The two things are inseparable, the car and the brand. And if that car develops a problem, then the underlying morality of the car maker, meaning its focus on doing the right thing by you, that really does matter, and it matters a lot, okay? And this kind of behaviour we see here is why I choose not to recommend Mercedes-Benz. And I say this despite having fallen in love with every AMG car that I have ever driven. You know, CLS 63, E63, C63, SLK 55. These cars are awesome to drive. They just are. I get it. And current Mercedes-Benz products are stunning. There's absolutely no doubt there. The gravitational pull of this brand it's obvious, okay? If you're a car nut, particularly, and if you've got money, the more you spend, like, hey, ladies and gentlemen. But when you scratch the surface, this is the conduct that you will be up against. And to me, that is simply unacceptable, like unacceptably risky. Daimler, which owns Mercedes-Benz, had 2.7 billion euros of revenue in 2019. The company employs 300,000 people. They have the resources to fix this problem. In fact, they have the resources to fix any problem, right? They just do. Therefore, not fixing it is a decision that the company has taken. It's not our hands are tied. It's this is how we're going to play it, okay? I'd suggest that this tells you a hell of a lot about the company's commitment to customer support. It just does. It certainly informs me. There is a Twilight Zone twist to the end of this story. Notwithstanding the above, on a purely commercial basis and without any admission of liability whatsoever, MB Orp is willing to make the following offer 
to you. Number one, the Mercedes-Benz Townsville agrees to repurchase the vehicle for a total sum of $76,153.14, including GST, in full and final settlement of the claim, the details of which are to be determined between Mercedes-Benz Townsville and yourself. Number two, the parties enter into a deed of settlement with mutual release confirming the above. And of course, where would we be without a veiled threat right at the end, the glacé cherry on top, just to grease the wheels of decision-making. Please note that any claim brought against MB Orp in relation to the above will be rigorously defended and we reserve our right to produce these correspondence on a question of costs. Really? These correspondence? At least there's underlying communicational consistency. And sometimes, I suppose, that might be enough. There's quite a bit to unpack here too, but I'd suggest on the threat of legal costs, you know, this insinuation that if you don't get with the program, you might be looking at a bill you can't jump over. It's like this. If you pull a knife in a street fight, which I recommend you never do because street fights are undiplomatic and even if you win, it often ends badly for you. But if you do, right, as a thought experiment only, just to look at the underlying dynamics, you really have to be prepared to go like 100% kill bill. You really do. I'm talking the full sashimi chef mega meal deal. Yes. And this is not that, frankly. It's just an empty threat because even if you lose your case in consumer court, the plaintiff and the respondent typically bear their own legal costs. And you have to be exceptional to be awarded the other team's costs, and not in a good way. In fact, to cop the other team's costs, you have to be a truly egregious, vexatious asshole, kind of like Land Rover was in the epic battle recently against the Princess of Poshtovia, who's also known as Sally Morphy. And if you Google Sally Morphy Consumer Law Land Rover, you'll get an uplifting read there, I'm sure, from many different news outlets and also the transcript of the court case. Your conduct needs to be borderline unconscionable to have the other team's costs imposed upon you. So that's mainly just an empty threat, in my view. More importantly though, if Mercedes really thinks there's no liability or maybe its liability can be adequately absolved by sliding a misspelled iPad across the friggin' table, why go to the trouble of offering Mr Thurley a buyback costing 76 grand? Because that's kind of like falling on your sword without first even attempting to defend yourself. It's going to cost them about 30 grand to do this, okay? Because the dealer will take the shitbox C200 back and tart it up and resell it for about 50 grand. And there's going to be some costs intrinsic to doing that. So they're going to be about, I don't know, 30 grand out of pocket on the round trip. So not a disaster for them, but still a hell of a lot of cash. So why do the whole without prejudice bullshit and make the threat about legal costs and explain that it's not a fault and that they're not really liable and generally comport like malignant corporate cockheads? I mean, there has to be a reason for this behaviour and this offer. And I think I can hear it, frankly. Can you hear that? I'm sure I can hear that. It's very faint in the background, but it's the unmistakable sound of lawyers stampeding to the local courthouse to file the class action papers. 
because he who files first in that game generally gets to run the case and, let's not forget, reap the benefits. See, 30,000 people a year buy Mercedes-Benzes and that's just here in Shitsville. And between 2015 and 2019 inclusive, that's about 150,000 customers. And if just 10% of those opted for the command online, whatever, and if it no longer works in all of those cars, then there's 15,000 potential plaintiffs right there, which is kind of a lot of egg to be wiping off your face in the weekly conference call back to Stuttgart. Just saying. And in my view, that's probably what that bullshit about the deed of release is all about. You know, deeds like that basically achieve two things. They go with all sort of out-of-court settlements. Firstly, it says that you agree not to sue them ever again over this matter. It's the end to these proceedings, essentially. You absolve them of any additional liability in respect of this unfortunate set of circumstances. And secondly, it's a gag order, okay? That's term number six in the Mercedes-Benz proposed deed. Strict confidentiality. No statements whatsoever as to the, quote, terms or substance of this deed to the media or otherwise, right? Or otherwise. Meaning, no talking to anyone. Anyone, okay? Ever. Otherwise, lawsuit. That's the only aspect of this proposal that I can see which is really worth the roughly 30 grand worth of out-of-pocket expenses of buying the car back without a fight, okay? One settlement, certainly a hell of a lot more palatable than 15,000 or whatever in a class action, surely. I sincerely hope this report achieves two things. Number one, I hope it serves to highlight why I don't, in good faith, recommend Mercedes-Benz to potential customers like you, despite being gorgeous cars that are generally beautifully equipped and kind of awesome to drive, more and more so the more funds you are able to devote to the purchase. But there is a dark side to owning this brand and you're kind of looking at it in this report. And number two, I hope it shows you exactly how some car makers comport themselves when their conduct is deprived of the oxygen of publicity. I think you'd agree if you download and read Mercedes-Benz's correspondence, and I'll put a link in the description to that as well as those two earlier links in the video, I think you'll agree that Mercedes-Benz reflected in its letter to Mr. Thurley, who is a repeat customer, that Benz is very different to the Mercedes-Benz that jumps off the screen at you should you visit their website or have a look at any of their other peripheral sort of advertising. And finally, I guess, to car makers everywhere, I would say, how about stop trying to be so friggin' clever with all of this peripheral technology? Apple and Google are simply better at this than you, and they always will be. You're going to be better at making cars than them, so perhaps you should stick to that. And I'd suggest that an iPad, even if you misspell it, or an Android tablet, would be substantially better than every car maker integration of those equivalent features which I have ever used. A nice place to clip one's tablet in the cockpit might be nice. And that's where the real integration needs to take place, I'd suggest, because two and a half grand for a system with a two-year lifespan, which worked worse than an iPad when it worked, is flat out unacceptable. It would be unacceptable in a Chinese car.
And if you own a three-pronged suppository with Command Online, how about you let me know what your experience with those redacted features has been and how the company treated you in the comments feed below. Of course, if you've already signed the company's grubby little gag order, don't breach your confidentiality duty because that never ends well. Thank you very much for watching.